I didn't value community when I first got into real estate. You know, it's very competitive and it can be very lonely. So that first time when I left my area and I went outside to find people of like mind and people that were, you know, encouraging other people, sharing openly what's working for them, what's not working for them. Um, And over the years, building those friendships and those relationships, which, you know, it can be very lonely. You're listening to The Real Estate Sessions. I'm your host, Bill Risser, with Fidelity National Title, Tampa District. Thanks for tuning in as we uncover the stories of leaders in our industry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 212 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, thank you so much for telling a friend, and you are in for a treat today. We are headed to Niceville, Florida, up in the Panhandle. I think it's right next to Meanburg. I'll have to check on the with our guest. But staying in the state of Florida is always fun for me. We're going to be talking to Ginny Lee Deptula. She's the team lead of Team GLD, the premier property group, and doing some wonderful things with video, technology, just all around really great stuff with her relationship building and marketing. Ginny Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Bill. I am honored to be on the show. Well, look, anytime Anthony Malafronte recommends somebody for the show, they are on. It's a, he is, he is a, my, my guest booker and he recognizes talent when he sees it. Well, he is truly such a gem. I'm very um, fortunate and glad to have met his acquaintance. Uh, I think it was about three years ago. Anthony's going to love this. He really is such a genuine guy, nice guy, funny guy, passionate guy. He's, he's a lot of fun. So indeed, indeed. Let me, so you, you, I'm, I'm in Florida now. I've been here for a couple of years and I've had to, the opportunity to travel in many different parts of the state, but I can honestly say I have not been to the Emerald Coast yet. And I need you to tell me about that. But first, I don't think you grew up there, right? I did not grow up here. Okay. No. So where, where, where'd you grow up and how did Florida kind of become a, your new home? So um, I am what they are, call a military brat, but of course I wasn't a brat. I was a gem of a child growing up. You can ask my parents. I'm sure they would definitely um, concur. But I was born in Alamogordo, New Mexico, and we actually moved probably every two years until my senior year of high school. Okay. And it was when I was in the seventh grade, my dad was serving, I believe his fourth or his fifth Pentagon tour. And he said, Hey, we're moving to Niceville. And like any teenager, I'm like, what? You're ruining my life. Oh my gosh. I'm never going to survive. Like who's ever heard of Niceville before? So we moved to Niceville halfway through my seventh grade year. And then um, just before my freshman year, they moved me back to Northern Virginia. Wow. Mm -hmm. All those Pentagon tours always kind of in North Virginia? Always, yes. So we lived around Burke, Oakton, Springfield, Fairfax. We kind of bounced back and forth. And then they decided to move us back to Niceville during my the end of my sophomore year of high school. That I'm just trying to remember uh, my sisters in high school and how they would have handled that. Not well. Not well. I think yeah. literally they had to, I'm going to date myself, but remember when the phone was actually attached to the wall? Sure. They had to go and pick me up and put me in the car because I was tethered to the phone inside the house before making the, the move back to Niceville, Florida. 
So you finished high school here or in Florida, right? So I did. I did. Actually, what happened is then my parents PCSed again my senior year of high school. And I decided to stay here because my grandparents had moved here in the meantime. So I finished out my senior year of high school in Niceville and I lived with my grandparents. Okay. And are you still in Niceville in particular or Destin or somewhere nearby? I actually am in Niceville. How much fun is it to say I live in Niceville? It is true. And people usually, I said, yes, that is a real town. And yes, it is a nice place. (laughs) That's great. Let's, in fact, this is a great opportunity. I'd love for you to talk and and kind of share what what the Emerald Coast is like. So the Emerald Coast gets its name because of its emerald green water. Um, It's very much like the Caribbean. It's crystal clear most days. You can totally see through it. And I want to say it's kind of like the modern day Mayberry, so to speak. We have the Niceville High School with the Friday Night Lights. Um, Totally a very small town. Not too small. I mean, we have about 120,000 people that live here in Okaloosa County. And Niceville is actually butts up to Eglin Air Force Base which is the largest land mass military base in the, in the contiguous United States. Wow. And then across from us, we have Destin and 30A, Santa Rosa Beach, which is pretty well known for its vacation destination. It's beaches, kind of a laid back vibe, a really great place to come on vacation. So you definitely need, oh, and golf. We've got <laughs> some really amazing golf courses. I know that... Um, you and Anthony are quite the fans of golfing, so you should really make a trip and see some of these expert golf courses. Uh, I will promise that will happen. That's that's a no-brainer. We'll be up there. So I'm trying to picture, like, if you're we're helping my listeners, and to be brutally honest, me, if I see the you know the the curve of the Panhandle, like, where do you exist on that curve? So if you think about Florida as um, a really large pot. We are the handle and we kind of are similar to when you think of lower Alabama, we're kind of right there in the crooks between Panama City and Pensacola Beach. Okay. So definitely in the, uh, in the prop, the panhandle proper, I would call it. Panhandle proper. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Good. They call it the redneck Riviera. (laughs) Well, obviously you like it. You haven't left. You're still there. And you, uh, you actually, I, I think the way I, it seemed confusing to me when I look up and do the research on my guests and, and I see that you, you, you attended FSU, but then I I like to say you kind of came to your senses and became a Gator. Is that, (laughs) let's talk about that process. I did. I actually did come to my senses. So um, at the end of my senior year, you know, like all parents, they look at their kids and they say, so what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, um, I don't know, I guess go to college. So I applied and got into FSU and I went there my very first year. And like a few students, I had a little too much fun my first year of college. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't do as awesome at my classes as I should have. So my parents said, hey, maybe you should come back and go to the local community college until you kind of get an idea of really what it is that you want to do. AKA, I lost my scholarship. Ah, mm-hmm. so homeward bound for your next year. Homeward bound back to live with my grandparents because my parents are now stationed in uh, Turkey overseas. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I come home, I go back to the local community college, which was then um, Okaloosa 
well, it's now called Northwest Florida State, but it was Okaloosa County Community College back in the day. So the writing was on the wall um, when my mom and I went to the local Walmart. And I said, you know, I really like that gator stuff a whole lot better than the Indian. <laughs> so I think I want to go and uh, make a run at the University of Florida. So after, you know, getting my associate's degree, I decided to make the track and make the right decision the second time around. And I went down to Gainesville, loved it, and decided that I was going to, I wanted to be a journalist, actually. And the very first class of my journalism school, it was minus 50 for grammatical and spelling errors. And this is pre the computer. Oh, so I'm like, I got to be out. I can't spell my way out of a box. So what's the next best thing? And I went into public relations and marketing. And so there was no tie into real estate at this time. Real estate was like way far away. Like many guests on this podcast in, in college, no one's thinking real estate. Real estate was not even on the radar at all. Yeah, perfect. At yeah. all. But in hindsight, that marketing and PR education has been a massive help for you, correct? A hundred percent. So really, if you were going to go to a high school and talk to a bunch of juniors thinking about their future, you would probably, doesn't it make sense to say that that PR and marketing are, are kind of useful. And here you are, you're taking them and using them in a completely different maybe way than you thought you would when you were studying. A hundred percent. I think that it's about to be 2020 and whether you are, I mean, you're always marketing yourself. You're always promoting yourself, regardless of what industry you go into. Um, you really can't go wrong as far as public relations and marketing is concerned. In hindsight, I wanted to go to New York City or Washington, D.C. and work as, you know, a public relations specialist. So real estate was really not even a thought at that at that time in the moment. What after graduation, what was your first job? So real estate was my first job after wow, graduation. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. So um, it was my senior year of college. And again, I was living with my grandparents and had a summer job, just like every college student typically. And my granddad and I were sitting down having a conversation and he said, you know, you really shouldn't be a waitress. You should go and do something useful, like get your real estate license. And I was like, what? Real estate license? Real estate's for old ladies. That's not for me. And he said, he calls me Virginia, you need to get your real estate license. And like any good granddaughter, yes, sir. And I got my real estate license. Wow. So you're, <laughs> you're, this is the summer before your senior year. This is the summer before my senior year. Mm -hmm. Did, did you close a transaction before you graduated from college or did you just have your license? No, I didn't close okay. a transaction. Okay. I was just really doing it to, you know humor my grandfather because that's what you do yeah no that's great especially since grandma and grandpa took care of you yes <laughs> while you were going to us yes they did they did he was um in hindsight such a wonderful mentor and um i have such wonderful memories and really he's the one and the reason that you know i've been selling real estate day one out of college and it's been 17 years since wow so let's talk about you graduate. Who was your first brokerage? Where did you start your career? So my first brokerage was a little company called um, First Realty of Florida. And okay. it was located in, 
I would say maybe an 800 square foot office off of Walter Martin Road in Fort Walton Beach. And how I got connected with First Realty of Florida is my parents were then selling their house here in Niceville. And my granddad said, well, why don't you shadow that realtor? You know, why don't you shadow Andy Graham and see if you like real estate? And so I shadowed and partnered up with Andy Graham and that started the story. I always wonder about starting at a, that's a boutique, obviously small little brokerage, right? Small. Yeah, small. And so how was the, the, you know, you go to the, you hear a lot of people go to the big brands, whether it's a Realogy operation or KW or Remax because of the training, right? Mm -hmm. So how was the training at that small little operation? Did you get some one-on-one opportunities with either Andy or a broker? How'd that work? Um, It was really Andy. She was a military spouse at the time. And this was 2003. The bulk of our business was military relocation or as Mm -hmm. better known as PCS, permanent change of station. And she was being here for two years. And she's pretty much the person that started the whole training um, and showing me the ropes, so to speak. But at this point in my career, I was still just doing it to humor my granddad. Like I was waiting for, you know, that next, you know, that break that, Something is going to come out of the sky and go, ah, this is meant for you. Right. Because you're going to head off to DC or New York, as you said. And, exactly. And, and do, exactly. That, do that great thing. Start my real life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> somewhere in the next, I would think, couple of years, it maybe dawns on you that th- this is going to be your life, that, that there's nothing wrong with being a realtor. So it does dawn on me after a while. So from from that point on, the very first house that I ever sold, I drove them by and it was a real estate. I mean, it was a lender that I had worked with or we had been training with and it was her house. And she just happened to mention, hey, Jenny, I'm getting ready to um, sell my house. And I had this cute little military couple. They were in town and I said, hey, look, we can't get in, but we can drive by the outside. So we get, you know, I load them up in my car, all professional like, and we drive by and they go, we'll take it. And I said, you know what? This real estate thing, it's going to be easy. (laughs) This is going to be great. You don't even have to look at the house. You just drive by because this was the beginning of 2004, 2005. Things were very good then. Things were very good then. Yes. So I didn't know any better. I didn't know that that was an abnormally good period to be in the real estate market. Right. What's the next brokerage? Let's go there. Where do you move to? So the next brokerage is um, Pelican Real Estate, which ended up being the largest independent brokerage at the time on the Panhandle. And they had, I think in the heyday, 12 or 13 different offices. And I decided, you know, this Fort Walton Beach thing isn't for me. I'm going to hop on over and get with this larger brokerage. And at the time I didn't know what I didn't know. So I wasn't looking for training. I wasn't looking for mentoring at that time because it was 2004, 2005. I mean, you just looked at a house and it basically fell out into your lap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when, you know, when the bottom dropped out and we had the market shift, then here on the panhandle, we had the oil spill. Mm hmm. Wow. What that's a talk about a perfect storm, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's discuss that for a second. Talk about 
uh, those days, I, I'll call them the dark days. <laughs> I don't want to use the R word, but the dark days, how did you, how did you handle that? Did you quick, did, were you quick to kind of adjust and play in the short sale world, uh, do some REO stuff? How did you kind of keep your career going through that? So I wish that I had picked up on the REO world previously or earlier than I actually did. But what I did is I leaned back on my marketing and my public relations degree. And I went out and I had a little side gig at the local Emerald Coast Health Center. So I was doing some part-time marketing for them to increase the awareness of their clinic. And then, um, as I mentioned earlier, we live on a very resort, really close to a resort area known as Rosemary Beach, 30A. Um, and they were paying 20 to $25 an hour for babysitting. So here I am, 28, 29 years old, babysitting. But you had to do what you had to do to make it work, right? Because right. the market had right. tanked. So I was still trying to peddle real estate as much as I possibly could. I was babysitting and I was also doing uh, marketing and public relations for a local medical center. Um, so that's really kind of how I made it work. Did you get a referral or two out of that working with that medical center, you know, in so the long I, haul? I did end up getting a referral after working with the medical center. Yeah. yeah. It ended up being a really good, a really good segue. But yeah. I would say probably after that, I kind of had a, a come to come to realization. Um, you need to like really make a go of this real estate thing. Like it's clear right. that this is either meant to be your path. Or, you know, you need to cut bait and move to Washington, D.C. Let's talk about then what what I really dug looking at and all of your stuff that you're doing online. It's obvious that from your website to the way you handle social media, you have embraced digital, like really, you know, like top of the line stuff. And so let's talk about that. When did that kind of really come into play heavy for you? Obviously, it, my guess is it probably differentiates you from a lot of the agents up there in the uh, in your area, which mm-hmm. is huge. And and maybe even if you have, if you think about it, maybe a success story where you're like, this is what you know, embracing this stuff has done for me. So I, I kind of decided, hey, I had a, a a coaching opportunity where I had started watching videos because videos started to kind of come to the forefront. I'd never been a real big YouTube watcher or Googler. And again, this was 2010, 2011. I started watching um, this one particular gentleman online and through his videos. And I was kind of in a, in a slump. And I said, you know, I, I need to, I need to go to this guy's mastermind. I, I need to like latch on to something. Like I think in hindsight, I had to prove to myself that I could do something different And they were showing me a way of real estate that was outside of the box of what my little fishbowl of the panhandle was. Mm -hmm. So it was probably going and attending that particular mastermind where someone said to me, you know, sometimes you have to be your own knight in shining armor. And for whatever reason that resonated with me. And I was like, okay, when you get home, you need to get serious about this real estate thing. Like you need to differentiate yourself. You need to do things different and you actually show up and make a go of it. Do you share who that uh, source was? Oh, yes. So his name is Jared James. Awesome. You're doing some work with him right now still, right? Yes. Yes. So I, I ended up, um, I had such an amazing experience 
that then I ended up, he asked if I would be interested in coaching for him. So I do have a handful of coaching students that I, that I've taken on to inspire and try to help somebody kind of like where he was when I needed help. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I think that accountability part of that just can't be stressed enough, right? Because Mm -hmm. knowing that they're going to have to talk to you, um, they're going to get their stuff done. Well, back to video, it's also video calls. So it's not a phone call where you're doing the dishes or painting your toenails. Like you actually are face to face, like you and I are having this conversation. Um, so the accountability is, is kind of leveled up. So after going through that experience, then I got involved with a website and marketing community, which is where I met Anthony, um, which was curator. It, It was really exciting to go to Gary Vaynerchuk's first ever agent 2021. Right. And at that event, it was pretty much, you've got to do video. Like if you don't do video, you you better just, you know, go be a Walmart grader because video is the way of the future. Quit with it, the excuses and just get out there and just do it. So it was after that event that I came home and I basically started researching wedding videographers and I found this gentleman who is now my videographer. I kind of call him my uh, BFF because we showed up our very first appointment together with a spiral notebook and a pen. And I was like, oh my gosh, I- I've just met my counterpart and we're going to do amazing things together. And it was from that meeting that we kind of started, we just started doing video. Yeah. And a lot of video. Right, and Jaylee? a lot of video. Yes. <laughs> a I, lot of video. Talk- you, so you're having these sessions where you're trying to, to kind of plan out what's going to happen. And you really, you do a lot of different styles. I'd love for you to talk about that. I mean, there's market data, right? There's mm-hmm. consumer information, you know, mm-hmm. about the area. There's the community stuff that we're doing. Because a lot of times I'll find one person kind of focuses in on one thing and they kind of stay there. It's their, they're in their lane, so to speak. You got the whole highway, you got the whole, the whole freeway going. Talk about that. Well, everybody learns differently. So when we got back to the agent 2021, it was really, um, kind of popular at the time to do episode content. So Mm -hmm. I had this idea that I was going to start with live, love, niceville TV. So basically we picked different, um, businesses or one of the ones that was one of my most favorite is interviewing the principal. Because one of my very first brokers always would say to us, be the source of the source, but never the source. So by interviewing the principal and saying, you know, Mr. Principal, can you speak to, you know, what are the great things about the high school? Tell me about the waiver system in the school system. You know, who can come here? Who cannot come here? Tell me what are the accolades or the reasons why people would be interested in your school? Because by providing the information for the buyer or the seller or just the consumer that's interested, that's a value to them. Instead of you telling them from your perspective what you think they should or they shouldn't know. So it's kind of like a buffet. You can go to the YouTube channel and you can pick the things that interest you or not. Right. And one of our, our kind of haphazard videos is the Welcome to Niceville video. Did you have a chance to check that one out? I did. Yeah. Talk about that. So the Welcome to Niceville video, kind of like you said in the very beginning of our conversation, you really live in a place called Niceville. And this was an evergreen piece of content, which I learned this from the infamous Judy Weiniger, 
Again, you want to use something that you can use over and over and over again, right? You can send something to somebody that's thinking about moving to Niceville so they can kind of get a good idea instead of actually coming to the place and actually being here. Because back to probably 80% of our people that come in and out of here are military. And they usually have a very small window of time to come and do their exploration, So what better way to show them what it's like here through the use of video? So that was one of our first evergreen pieces. Welcome to Niceville. Are you seeing organic traffic to the, to those, to those videos? Are they actually being found in searches by people that are, you know, typing in some search, you know, long tail stuff about Niceville that they're saying, Hey, I saw your video and I'd like to talk to you. Are you getting those kinds of leads? So I am getting those kinds of leads and, um, but ironically, they didn't happen as fast as I thought they would. I, okay. I figured you do a video, you throw it up there, you boost it on Facebook, and you're going to get something within two, three months. Right. I think it was probably eight months to a year before I started to get any kind of traction on video organically seen from other people outside of the area. Now, people that live here know that I'm the video realtor and that I use videos and pretty any and every way that I possibly can. Um, But to answer your question, the organic traffic, it took a little bit longer for that to happen. Yeah, I think many agents who are trying to embrace video give up way too early. You know, there are five or 10 videos in and you need to be 30 to 40 videos in before you can really make a decision, right? 100%. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's great. I've been... I, I can't stop talking about video. It just seems so critical. Uh, Karen Carr was a guest on the show and she's doing some great stuff in Savannah, Georgia, very much like you are another, another person who was married, she was married to a, a military guy. So moving around and you know, when, when you're moving to a new market where you don't know anyone and your, your sphere is like nothing. Why not? Why not shoot video? You probably have time on your hands. Let's get some, let's get some content up and going. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And videos. I mean, Facebook, Facebook has over 8 billion video views per day. 8 billion. That's more than the amount of people on the planet. Yeah. That's amazing. I like it. That's pretty powerful. Right. I I can't, I couldn't agree more. I think um, it's been the year of video in my opinion in real estate since about 2011. Mm -hmm. It's it's about time we kind of fulfill that and let's go ahead and and do yeah. the things we should be doing. Yeah. As I sit here talking on an audio only podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, maybe this time next year, you'll be video and audio. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. I was, when I moved here to Florida in 2017, I was promised, don't worry about hurricanes. Nothing ever hits Tampa, St. Pete area. It's all good. And Irma showed up nine months later. Now it veered to the right, which was awesome. But you're definitely kind of you know, there, hurricanes are a question that's a, if, for people that, especially for the military coming in, PCSing mm-hmm. in, right? I mean, you must get that question all the time. What's, what's your response? How do you handle that? So the way that I actually, when we moved here our first time, when I was in the seventh grade, um, my dad took over uh, command on, I think it was October the 3rd and Hurricane Opal hit on October the 4th. Wow. So that house that got me into real estate was the house that we were moving into at the time. And there was a tree that fell down on the garage. I mean, it was a pretty severe hurricane. But the way that I handle hurricanes to people that are not used to um, living with them and dealing with them is, hey, we get usually advance notice, seven to 10 days because of, you know, the technology of the weather channel and um, 
our arch nemesis, uh, Jim Cantori. <laughs> I found out you get sucked into watching him like 24 hours straight. You do. <laughs> you do. I mean, the threat of a hurricane sells a lot of water, a lot of batteries and a lot of generators. But yeah, you definitely do get advance notice with the hurricanes. And the other thing is insurance. I mean, insurance is a lot more affordable depending on the age of your house, you know, what flood zone you're in, um, where you're located. So that's something else that we also address for people to make them feel a little bit more comfortable. Right. I grew up in Southern California. There's no advance notice of an earthquake. Right? Or fires, right? Or fires, right. Or, you know, even thinking back through it, you know, tornadoes, you, you, your, your warning is 30 minutes maybe, right? So, all right. I, th- I like that. I like that response. I like the ability. And although... I'll quote Tom Petty. The waiting is the hardest part. Oh, yeah. If you're deciding to hunker down and and stay, it's the worst, right? Well, and with the technology, right? So when, unfortunately, Hurricane Michael came last year, we all evacuated a little bit inland because we really are very close to the hardest hit area. So just a tiny little to the right or a tiny little to the left, you never know who, unfortunately, is going to be ground zero. So it is really important to pay attention to the... To the waiting. Yeah. I want to go back to Anthony a little bit. We, you know, you talked about the fact that you got connected with him through Curator and, and uh, you know, that that tech thing was a part of what brought you together. And you're probably in some other tech user groups, I would think, right? Where you have yes. other people that are doing the same thing. Talk about, talk about the importance of this community that you're a part of. And how that sharing, you mentioned Judy Weininger, who I, she's amazing. And oh, so, she's so great. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, do you have the, my guess is you have this Rolodex of people that you could reach out to in a moment's notice for help, for advice, to bounce an idea off of them. Is that the way it works for you? Oh, a hundred percent. And and yeah. and the thing is, is that um, I didn't value community when I first got into real estate. You know, it's very competitive and it can be very lonely, So that first time when I left my area and I went outside to find people of like mind and people that were, you know, encouraging other people, sharing openly what's working for them, what's not working for them. Um, And over the years, building those friendships and those relationships, which, you know, it can be very lonely. So it has been, I would say, priceless um, investing in these different groups and going to these different masterminds just sharing and the collaborativeness that you know that you're not the only person trying to figure out that issue, or you're not the only person that, you know, feels dumb asking, you know, a silly question. I mean, there are no dumb or silly questions because somebody else is probably thinking the very same thing. So why don't we collectively lift each other up and help us move forward? Because you can go fast by yourself, but you can go much further together. Yeah. Give me a quick glance at your team because I know you've got you've put together a few people and we could team GLD if is that right? Team GLD, yes, yes. So I have a, a pretty, I have a, a small, powerful team. So yeah. I have an admin, I have a buyer's agent, I have myself, and then of course I include my videographer because he's the one that makes us look so good <laughs> on the team. That's awesome. I like I said, just head off to her website and give the URL for your site. So it is, you can get there by JennyLeeDeptula.com or LiveLoveNiceville.com. Yeah, it's really well done. It's it's very fun to kind of see all the stuff you're doing there. Thanks, uh, very Bill. Cool. I mean, I've, I've reached my time limit with you, so I'm going to ask you the same final question I've asked every guest since 
way back to Jay Thompson in 2015. And that is, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent just getting started, what would it be? It would be to surround yourself with a circle of people that want to help you and want to see you succeed. Whether that's your broker, whether you reach out and you find a mentor, whether you hire a coach, it's really important for you to find somebody that's going to be that cheerleader and help support you on your journey because you can't do it alone. Ginny Lee, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So connect with GinnyLee.com. Awesome. Ginny Lee, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It's really fun to talk. Anthony, uh, you know, Anthony prepped me. He said, she's full of energy. She's super fun. She's going to be great. And you far exceeded any expectations. I Really fun to see your success. Well, Bill, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I look forward to playing golf with you when you come to visit here on the Emerald Coast. <laughs>